back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of wicked handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and apologies, my faults were, were a couple minutes late today. And joining me, as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. Andy, how's it going? It's the middle of the week. You've had a little bit of college basketball. There's been no football for a little while. Like, uh, you feel like an itch. Are you doing okay? Well, no, because basketball is doing poorly. <laughs> Another bad day. Yeah, and you run in with cold. You run into cold streaks, and I guess maybe it's. I, I did make some. I'll talk about. It. I did make some adjustments because it's like, man, a couple of these haven't been even close. And I'll kind of explain what I've what I've done to uh, adjust things a little to make sure I'm actually putting out uh, the place that my best foot forward. And also, like, I, I bet these. This isn't. I'm sure you've seen some shows or took some advice from some people on Twitter and be like. Yeah, they're they're not betting that. Like they don't bet, or just like they clearly aren't. But like I'm betting these, so I'm losing money. Like that that part bothers me almost as much as giving out some losing plays on here. Although, really, it is a weird mind f as far as you know. You could have ten times as much money on one bet compared to one a smaller bet that you actually put out on Twitter. And sometimes it feels like that one's more important because it's like, I feel bad, you know, giving out shitty advice. So no, we'll, uh, we'll tighten the ship up. We'll get things right. It's a long season. We're still hitting 55 percent. So we'll be fine. I'm excited to continue to follow the Joker stuff. I'm excited to follow the AFCON uh, mess that that has become. Just bet those unders. Don't watch the match. <laughs> they might not even go the full ninety minutes anymore. Like it's it's been a whole disaster down there. And yeah, it's uh, tennis and basketball at night, and getting ready for golf stuff. Golf starts tomorrow. I'll probably have some. I, I didn't. I just haven't had any time to spend on golf stuff between playoff base, playoff baseball, playoff football, getting through the national championship, <laughs> trying to fix out some stuff on basketball, and and really just everything else in life. I haven't had a lot of time for golf. So I am going to work on some golf stuff this afternoon. Hopefully I have a few plays for this week at the Sony. But we'll, I like uh, this AFCON stuff though, by the way, I pulled up the totals. It looks like they've adjusted. They're all one and three quarters. It looks like. One and a half, so one and we three just, quarters. Do we play draws? Like do we just hammer the draw lines? Do they adjust those at all? No, those are nice and juicy. I mean, there was and anybody who watches soccer, football, footy, what have you, understands that, the, you know, the extra time at the end of a match is for all the stoppages. Like if there were a bunch of goals or if there are a bunch of red cards or of just a mess of fouls, a lot of substitutions, those things take time away from the game. And that's what you take into account. There were like multiple goals and a red card and a VAR for the red card, I think in one match. And they just decided not to play any extra time. They just said, nope. In fact, they didn't even make it to the 90. They just blew the whistle at like 80, 89, 40 highly unusual like if, if that's the kind of thing you feel safe putting money on have fun but like and then i think they actually said hey we we have to up we're gonna come out and we'll play you know we'll play through some a few more minutes and then one team just said yeah we're not like we're not gonna come back out <laughs> have fun with that so it's it's a whole thing well we thought we thought the uh, australian open was a circus that is a, a magnet, a, an order of magnitude less of a circus, and a really nicely well-run tournament. I thought Adelaide too. Adelaide too. We're going to head back down under the lead up to the Australian Open with some uh, picks from Noobs here. 
Yeah, still have qualifiers. Didn't see anything there. Sydney didn't love anything there. We're basically down to the quarterfinals in those better events. So just a handful of matches. But in Adelaide, too, a handful of things stuck out to me. Lauren Davis got the job done for us at almost two to one underdog last night. I like her again today. Again, kind of a, a player who has these little tears through the season from time to time really struggled with injury probably the last 18 months at this point that is finally starting to get healthy play some good tennis she is plus 145 against Tamara Zidancic who has gotten the better of us a couple times so far but a pretty big number so don't mind going back against her although she's having a solid week I have this match pretty close maybe Zidancic a short short favorite so I think anything you know plus 135 plus 140 or better looks good to me there um Ludmilla Samsonova and apologies I fudged a number there on the price she's actually plus 115 plus 155 if you could find a plus 155 bet a lot on that uh, but plus 115 looks pretty good to me i have her as a small favorite over madison keys um you know keys playing some solid tennis and you know it's not great maybe to get in front of her when she's hot this week but i've gone back and looked at those matches and still have not been too impressed i think samsonova is going to be the best player she's faced so far and can win that match for us hopefully if you saw my tweet about outrights you've got the outright there so feel pretty good about her in this match and then of course coco golf we're going to go over over two and a half sets she went over last night should have played the over two and a half sets last night kudos to Acosta for keeping it closer there but Anna Kanyu um, you know we've backed her a handful of times she's been really great for us as an underdog I think she's a chance to take a set off of golf here and what should definitely be a long match so there's actually 20 and a half out there I decided to grab the 21 there's some 21s at plus money a few places I like that quite a bit I think anything 21 or better again 21 plus money looks great here and then over two and a half sets uh, looks like there's some plus one sets 70s out there i think plus 160 or better looks good there so handful of tennis plays for us hopefully we can continue our good momentum from last night trying to sort out a golf math thing i don't understand what's going on here i'll just like you know this is a good i'm gonna have a conversation with some other people on this somebody asked a question about pricing like they have a you know let's say a top 20 were a certain price and a top 40 were a certain price you take those mm-hmm. prices and put them into percentages. You make some adjustments. But a lot of these uh, paperhead books have these 26th or better, 28th or better, stuff like that. And there's, you know, one was in, in this particular, I'll just say it, this particular it's interesting example. Interesting delineations. Yeah. T- I think I need someone smarter than me. In this particular <laughs> example, top 20 was plus 110, top 26. 20, it was 27th or better, was plus 110. It's about a 5% difference in implied probability for six spots. And obviously, you need to look at the ties and the, the dead uh, dead heat rules on everything. There's a lot of factors going into that. So I asked what's top 40 prices, minus 100, which is 66%. So in that case, you're almost at a 20% difference between 20th and 40th. So I think it's pro- that seems pretty semi-linear i think it's probably fair for either price i don't know i have to get i have to wrap my head around that a little more so that is not the listener question either if, if we uh if you're looking at the rundown you're right all right not not a lot of rundowns today based i'm, I'm not going to even talk about these games i'm just going to list them off and t- tell you i'm betting them because i'm betting them <laughs> i have had two bad days in a row i think a lot of people would be like oh i should draw back the volume i'm not gonna do that i made nine bets today i'm trusting the process i'm tightening things up a couple of mine i've started to look at them and i feel like i i bet some games where i missed something like i'm betting the biggest edges i can find 
But sometimes I feel like when you're looking at hundreds and hundreds of games a week, maybe the biggest edges are the ones where you're just clearly missing something like that central Michigan under that wasn't even close. They got into like that. That was flying over the total. I needed overtime for another total to get there. It was, it was, it's been a rough two days. So I've started to take some of those real outlier prices and thrown them in the trash and started to play some stuff. That's just not a massive edge, like a, a decent edge, a fair edge, hmm. something like that. Yeah, Eastern Michigan put up 99. How did you try to draw that line? Number. Like, do you think of an edge in terms of points, or you're more of like a percentage, percentage. guy? Percentage. Okay. I start, I, I did, a lot of it had to be just subjective. I had to say, like, here's where I draw the line at. This is a ludicrous edge, and I think it might be some outlier shit, or my numbers aren't quite jiving with the fact that this team has done X, Y, and Z into my inputs, and it's messing things up. But um, one favorite today. You know, just uh, Rhode Island minus eight and a half. I'll just say it. I make them a 12 point favorite. Like that's about where I drew the line. That's a pretty big edge. But there are some of these where I would, you know, I'd have somebody and be like, oh, that's off by like 10 points. Like that can't be right. Stuff like that has to probably get thrown out and start to look at my inputs a little more. But these are all nice, nice sized medium edges on some sides. Rhode Island minus eight and a half. USC upstate plus three. Stony Brook plus 11 and a half. <clears throat> I think that's starting to move a little. I played a lot of America East and then Maryland, Baltimore County. I only put plus one here because the book I bet it at this morning didn't have a money line. I would just play the money line. I don't think you should ever play a plus one in college basketball. The odds of it landing there for your push, your push probability isn't high enough to make up for paying the juice on that. You should probably be able to bet a, a pick them at even money or minus 105 just save yourself five cents juice there and then four overs and an under Duquesne Fordham over 135 Memphis is a team I've picked on a lot and I think I do hate their defense like they I've bet on teams to stay close with Memphis I've bet a lot of sides against Memphis this year this is another one where I didn't have it close enough to do that but I do think Central Florida scores on them so Central Florida Memphis over 148 Southern Illy Mizzy State Mizzou State over 132 in the MVC I think that might be an MVC Utah State Colorado State over 150 and Albany UMass Lowell not UMass, UMass Lowell. I think that's another America East under 134 and a half. So we'll see. We'll see how my tightening did. But uh, nine bets today. So I didn't exactly I like tighten it. things by a lot. Was it mostly just tightening? Did you kind of throw any things away? I know you said you kind of you've quit, you've put a pause on, on the Summit League. Was there anything else you kind of put aside <laughs> yeah. for the time being? I do look at the Summit League still. I think some of the adjustments I've looked into making in the Summit League are things I'm doing league-wide now. So just tightening things up. Usually, in The stakes, usually, like, once we get to conference play, it's uh, it's easier for me. But uh, And everybody over, you know, people have done it for many more, many more years than me have always said it gets harder as you go, which maybe – so maybe I had a shitty that's model that was lucky – and now I have a good model that's more in line with uh, what everyone else is doing, and it is getting harder to beat the market. So we'll see. Hopefully we get some CLV. That's the thing, too, where I, I feel okay. The other day I did get some closing line value on some players that never had a chance. So if the market is still agreeing, you're not doing too many things wrong. I like it. 
That's what, that's why CLV is there to keep you keep you happy and comfortable, kind of let you know your process so. is in the right place. So I like what you said about kind of throwing out the really big big edges because you're right. I mean, if you're so far off, there is something that you don't know. There's something you missing. That's a good way of going back and trying to do some, you know, kind of autopsy, if you will, of the results. Yeah, for sure. Um, you got any massive edges tonight? There's a lot of games, a lot of good games actually, like worth watching games. It Even is for the fine. casual NBA. Great better. night. Yeah, if you, if you don't have League Pass, tonight is a great night to sign up so you can get League Pass. You know, it's a bunch of games tonight. We'll talk about the ones I bet, but, you know, I, I didn't find anything in Celtics Pacers. That should be a fun game. I'll, of course, be watching my Sixers play in the Hornets. That should be a fun kind of dichotomy of Joel Embiid versus a bunch of guards. Maverick Knicks should be a fun game tonight. You've got Nets Bulls, you know, a possible playoff series preview there. But four games I did like and found an edge on here. Um, we'll start. This is actually the night game here. The Los Angeles Lakers um, laying three, seeing this out at three and a half. We'll probably play this at anything four or better. I have them six, almost seven point favorites here of the Sacramento Kings. You know, the Lakers aren't noticeably better. They're not a great team, but they're finally starting to get some consistency and who's in and out of the lineup night tonight. LeBron James has finally been playing some solid basketball. And yes, they're beating up on some bad teams, but the Sacramento Kings are a bad team. I, I think the Lakers kind of continue to do what they've done. LeBron James probable. There was some kind of lingering nonsense there. Maybe that's part of the reason we're getting a little bit of value here. But again, anything for better looks pretty solid to me. The Cleveland Cavaliers struggled a little bit here, kind of a rough spot for them, but they're going to catch a Utah Jazz team that looks like they'll be without Rudy Gobert, which um, should really put everything in the Cavaliers you know, court, if you will. Um, having Jared Allen, having Evan Mobley out there is just going to be an even bigger advantage tonight. I have this a pretty close game. The Jazz at home, of course, are great. You know, they play well in that altitude. I do have them as favorites, but you know, closer to four. So I think anything plus six or better looks pretty good there. The Atlanta Hawks finally starting to get healthy. They have just about everybody back except uh, for Clint Capella. Obviously, Capella very important, but the rest of the team looks like they're pretty good. They host a Miami Heat team tonight. Again, a divisional opponent. They played very well against the Heat last year. You can definitely see that that kind of division title and matchup matters to them quite a bit. And the Heat are without Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. They've been doing well, um, you know, kind of keeping afloat without those two guys. But I think the Hawks are really going to take advantage of that and kind of dismantle them tonight. This was one of my bigger edges. I have them six again, almost seven point favorites here. So anything three, four, honestly, or, or less looks better. If this line kind of stays here, I might even play some alts later on. Um, and then the Rockets plus five and a half. The Rockets playing against the Spurs team. This is actually six and a half. So congratulations. You get a little bit better number than me here. The Spurs coming home could be a good bounce back spot for them in their return home, but continue to miss Keldon Johnson and a lot of their starters just kind of coming home and licking their wounds for a one night um, stand before going back out on the road here. The Rockets fully healthy, um, been pretty solid here and keeping some of these games close, um, even winning a few. So Rockets plus five and a half, anything again, five or better looks good to me. So four bets in the association. <clears throat> One night stand. It's funny. You mentioned something of that nature after we saw a funny video from the, the NBA this week or this morning. <laughs> Screenshot, um, I guess. Or something yeah. Like Someone did Yeah, Patrick. Right. Not, not aware of anyone that's going to start and then uh, sit immediately. But uh, kudos to anybody that took advantage of that. Yeah. I wonder, a lot of people have been espousing their opinions on that, that they got limited after doing that. That's what happens. Welcome to the reality of the world. Like, you take a shot. It, it you better you better if you if you're gonna take a shot like that that you think might damage your account 
you better take it hard. Like don't, don't have no half measures in that because that account might be ruined after taking a, a shot at a book like that. So I would absolutely it's go all in on something like that. Yeah. It's not quite past posting, but I feel like it's in that same arena where like you're, you're looking at a line of past posting being, of course, a game is finished, but the book for whatever reason leaves the live lineup for, you know, a few minutes. We saw that um, a few times, especially over the COVID break with certain sports and people were going through and just kind of banging those lines. Like, you shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. Yes, it's a mistake from the book. Yes, you should be always trying to take advantage of that stuff, but uh, leave some of those things be. Yeah. And that's the thing. When it's a massive, massive edge, and it's a book you could probably replace by whatever means you would need to down the road, that's it's fine. Take your shots. But again, take the shot hard because you're probably going to, you, you don't want to have a book ruined or limited for you when you went half ass on it. Make it worth it. So. Yeah, hopefully you maxed um, yeah, all that Draymond stuff, right? That's a load on it, right? If you're gonna exactly, if you're doing it, go hard. Yeah, go 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 hard in the paint on that. Somebody did ask about uh, the Stony Brook Vermont total, slight slight lean to the under there. I believe that total is sitting at one forty three. I'm not quite at one forty three, so the mildest of leans to the under if the Stony Brook defense can show up, and then Alex. How about Safulin versus Eubanks? That's men's I'm tennis, not man. entirely sure who those people are. Apologies. Yeah. I focus mostly on the women's game. I will say I, I know a couple smart guys, a couple friends in our tennis chat. We're using Safulin, I believe, in some parlays and things. So that's kind of the best I can give you. I think it's probably Safulin or pass, but I can't honestly give you a good piece of advice either way. Yeah, I don't know if I'd lay the handicap on that. So um, we're going to close with, and this goes back to tennis. This is a question I got in my DMs from a listener and he, he said it was a, you know, he says he's a deep dive listener. I don't know if he pays attention to our daily show here. I wish he would. Jesus, buddy. But he said uh, he has the 49ers and the Cowboys Super Bowl tickets, which I'm assuming doesn't mean Super Bowl tickets. I mean, Super Bowl to win tickets. Mm-hmm. And then he says they obviously play in the first round, which that's a conversation for a different day. Some people look at that as, oh, that stinks. You lose a ticket. Some of it's like, yeah, but one of them's moving on. Somebody's in the divisional round for sure. And you're, you know, you're two wins away from the Super Bowl at that point. His question was, should I just let them ride like, you know, everybody else would if they didn't have an opinion? He says he actually has an opinion on the game. He likes the 49ers and the points and wonders, you know, how, how to approach looking at a game like that, where, you know, I guess the, 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 how I took it is how do you separate future tickets from betting on a game? And I thought of you right away, Alex, because, you know, this is unique in the NFL. We only get the playoffs in January, whereas this happens to you 40 times a year where you have an outright and then, well, you, you know, there's so many women's tennis tournaments or the NBA playoffs. Once you get around to it, there's so many situations where you have a future bet on, let's say a women's tennis player, and then you're running your numbers on the daily matches and you have to make decisions on, well, I already have Rybikina. Should I bet on her in this match? Because essentially all you're doing is increasing an already, you know, a high position you have on her already, or do you just try to separate it out altogether? I try to keep separate of it, you know, again, from the highest possible point 
bet something if you have an edge and you trust the edge. If there's an edge there, you bet it. What I will do with outrights, though, I try to keep that stake in my mind because essentially what an outright is, it's a it's a parlay before the tournament. You know, if it's a if it's a, um, a 32 player event, I think it's five wins. If it's 64, depending on what it is, it's five or six wins. But anyway, you know, this week in tennis, when it comes to the Australian Open, it'd be seven wins. I talked a little bit about this on a show called Wagering World with Spread and our buddy Five Star. But an Australian Open outright is just a seven match parlay. So what you've really done is you already have a stake on the player in this match. In this particular case, you know, it's San Francisco and Dallas. He already has bets on the Cowboys and the 49ers. So the question really then becomes, is your is your edge on either side big enough to add to that stake? You know, should you be putting more on that investment? I mean, I, I have no trouble doubling down. Brett's in here. I know he likes doubling down. We double dipped on, again, like I said, on Samsonova today. He's double dipping on another outright. Again, if you have an edge, find a way to attack it. But you know, if it's maybe a two-unit play and you've got a unit on the outright, maybe go one and a half or one or something like that. I will sometimes kind of knock things down a little bit. But yeah, I mean, if it's there's an edge, you still play it, but try to keep in the back of your mind that you technically already have a bet on that match. I think that's kind of the answer I landed on too, is always bet your edges. These markets, you know, especially now, there's only six games. If you find an edge on a game, you shouldn't let a future ticket determine that, well, I'm not going to bet on an edge, I believe, that exists in a, in a market like this. But I, I think maybe I think that's the math answer. The that you should always bet your edges. I think the common sense real world answer is look at your bankroll, look at your staking. Do you have a big position on this already? And then maybe temper that a little, maybe bet a little smaller on an edge like that if you are worried about being overextended on one team because it would hurt. And and in this case, you know. Win or lose, he's got it. It's a unique situation. I, I think a better situation. I, I hate to like throw this guy under the bus for having two tickets for teams that are in the playoffs, but like a better situation would be not having the Dallas ticket. Like that would have made this different. You know, he he's having he has a team moving on no matter what, and ho- yeah. so hopefully, hopefully whatever whatever his higher higher ROI ticket moves on. If it's the Dallas Cowboys, they win by two, and he is able to cash both ways. So I think I'm with you there. I'm, I'm in agreement. If yeah. anyone else has any opinions on that, you can leave some comments in the Twitter in, under this uh, under this video on the YouTube, and we'll uh, I'll take a look at that later if you leave some comments. But you yeah, should also you can't leave comments without hitting the thumbs up. You have to. That's true. You better thumb up. I mean, in his specific situation, I'd honestly, like you said, take take a step back, look at it, try to balance my book at this point. You know, if I win more on the Cowboys, I win more on the 49ers. If I win more on the 49ers, maybe just let the 49ers go. But if it turns out the Cowboys are in a better spot, you know, I'd definitely be trying to balance things out a little bit for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's where I'm at. And like I said, if you have any opinions on that, hit us on the Twitter machine or in the YouTube comments because this live chat is about to disappear. We are going to go away and come back tomorrow for Thursday Night Football. (laughs) Not a thing anymore. We'll find something else to bet on. We'll see you guys tomorrow.